Hello, welcome to the Crypto with Cash uh, cast episode number 26. Uh, me and Cash are back, me being Duncan Moreland. I'm your host and I'm joined by Kashaya Bassi. Hello, Cash. Hey, how you doing? If you haven't watched before, Cash is our resident crypto expert. He knows everything about crypto. He can predict exactly when Bitcoin is going to go up and down. That's why he's able to sit in that lavish uh, office space. I don't know what your background is today, Cash. It is a very lavish background space, as you said. It looks like you've got about five halos above your head. Well, that, that, that one there kind of looks like Mike Wazowski from uh, Monsters, Inc. <laughs> That's where you are, is it? <laughs> Just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, Monsters, Inc. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Better than uh, last time we had a chat. I think we were both feeling a bit down. Yeah, uh, an ill podcast. Down and ill. Uh, but I think there's, there was definitely something going ra- around, and I think there still is. Mm. A lot of people on the tube are coughing and sniffing. Yeah, I hadn't thought about being in London while everyone's like spewing up their guts. But yeah, uh, I mean, it's just it's winter, you know, so it's yeah. to be expected. Yeah, it feels like we're all vulnerable after two years of hiding away. Um, yeah, I mean, that happens. In the crypto space, some crazy stuff has been going on, um, which I think... I'm going to get you to talk us through it. Um, yeah. So, Cash, who is Sam Bankman Freud? Freud? I've already pronounced his name wrong. Uh, Sam Bankman Freud. <laughs> Even though we just talked about this. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so Sam Bankman Freud, Freud that's has uh, been a very naughty boy. Um, <laughs> so, up until recently, he was on the cover of Forbes for being one of the richest people, I think the richest person uh, under 30 in the world. Mm-hmm. And he's, he managed to get there um, after starting his own crypto exchange called FTX. Um, you know, maybe just a month ago, maybe a bit before that, FTX was often top four biggest exchanges in terms of trading volumes, oftentimes in second place just behind Binance. Um, and you know, when, uh, a lot of these large trading firms collapsed a couple months ago, FTX actually stepped in to come and help, uh, mm. raise funds for these companies and buy them out to essentially help customers that were affected. So uh, it made but them recently, very solid, didn't it? I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it was one of those, it was, it was rated 10 out of 10 on most of these coin comparison websites. Um, in terms of trust and it was one of the i mean every single person i would say that i know uh in the industry had you know exposure to ftx uh, by means of uh, either holding the token or actually having funds on the exchange you know because you're not always meant to you're not you're not meant to have all your funds on one exchange so people were diversifying by going on to binance and then also ftx and also coinbase so a lot of people had some exposure but what, what happened um early November is that there were discussions about uh, essentially a balance sheet was released to Coindesk, I I believe it was, which talked about the sister company of FTX, Alameda Research, which is essentially a prop trading firm. And they realized that a lot of their assets were actually in FTX or FTD uh, tokens. And there was this whole discussion that initially... Can you uh, just explain explain to everyone what that Means. So they were holding FTT tokens, a tokens uh, launched by a sister company, which is kind of frowned upon because in a way um, they were using those tokens to actually put down as collateral and get loans from elsewhere. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like you create your own tokens, you 
lend it out and then you get you, you hold it out yeah. you lend so, it so usually um, you might say here take my car and lend me ten thousand pounds and then if i don't pay back the ten thousand pounds at least you have my car exactly. in this case they've given them tokens that they've made out of thin air as collectible. exactly <laughs> exactly so they had essentially created their own tokens and used that as collateral which is a big no-no um generally speaking uh they also realized that a lot of the assets that they were holding were illiquid so if they wanted to sell those tokens um they weren't they wouldn't be able to because there was simply not enough uh funds on the market to actually right. recuperate um recoup the the amount of money that they had um so what happened was many years ago when ftx was first you know starting out binance was actually one of the first investors in 2021 i think they sold their a uh, portion of their holdings they were actually bought out by ftx for i think a billion dollars or two billion dollars but uh, binance essentially held another 500 million dollars worth of tokens at a, at a time and cz the ceo of binance came out and said look we're we're thinking to get rid of our tokens following you know the news that this uh, balance sheet had leaked to the press so once they'd look at looked at the uh, balance sheet of Alameda they were like okay there's something fishy going on we want to get rid of our FTT exposure what that created was essentially panic in the market um, and of course everyone started selling off their tokens which meant that the collateral uh, that they had put down uh, mm. to get all these loans was not really worth what they initially uh, said it was worth so it's like dropping in price because exactly of yeah. exactly and that essentially caused uh, the ftx price um to rapidly decline uh creating a sort of bank run uh, on ftx exchange and during this time you know sam bankman fried was tweeting out that you know everything's fine all assets are backed one for one and then suddenly out of nowhere uh, there was news that he's planning to sell ftx yeah. uh, binance was going to acquire ftx pending you know further due um, diligence but after around a day or two i think they realized that there's something seriously wrong at that company they stepped back and that caused you know the 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 price of the ftt token to crash even more um, i think at the time of uh, this call right now it's around a dollar so it's gone from 22 dollars to, to a dollar mm. crashing around 98 99 percent all within a couple of weeks um you know they later realized that i know you know it's not set in stone yet it's not um proven yet but there is speculation that what sam bankman fried was doing was taking um ftx customer funds and trading it he made some risky bets and he lost it mm. uh, which means that a lot of customers are now out of money and they owe customers and other people around 10 billion dollars Wow, that's a lot. Um, yeah, which when is, I yeah. so it was these two companies. You've got FTX and you've got Almeida Research, which are essentially run by the same people, kind of. Essentially, yeah. And they, it sounded like the way they were using money between the two companies was just however they felt like they should, rather than sticking kind to kind of. Yeah. So over the years, they've repeatedly they'd repeatedly said that, you know, we, we don't share any information. 
we're not uh, yes we're affiliated but we're not sharing information we're not sharing funds but there's oh, I now realize they'd made, i didn't realize they'd said that in the past just, yeah, yeah so they had said that because uh, there was there was always speculation online about how the reason alameda research is so good at trading is because they're seeing what trades people are putting on ftx and going mm. against that or they're deliberately going to um, liquidate people on ftx using the information that they have but you know they've always denied that and it was kind of accepted that okay they're telling the truth because it, it, it's a crime to do that you know it would mm. be fraud but now it turns out um, apparently allegedly mm. that had been the case and yeah they've essentially uh, filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy and many believe that it's going to take a couple of years for that to uh, fully right. resolve and sam bankman freed has been active even during this bankruptcy process i think i think the people that so when i didn't realize this but i think when a company like this claims bankruptcy somebody else comes in and basically um becomes ceo and kind of tries to sort out the company and work out what's going on so a third party yeah so he's no longer the ceo and uh, he actually mentioned on twitter how um you know eight minutes after or a couple minutes after filing for bankruptcy he actually got enough offers to um fix the hole in the in the in the company right. in the company's funds but uh you know since then the new ceo who stepped in has said okay look he's not affiliated with the company anymore so essentially disregard what he's saying but there is an active uh, investigation going on right now and you know sam and his um colleagues have essentially moved out to the bahamas which is where they have their headquarters and a lot of people from crypto uh, from the crypto community have actually just yesterday and today have flown out to the bahamas to look for him oh wow um you know they're creating what, a, a content out of it oh right okay. i think they're doing that to to protect their backs in a way because then it kind of becomes dangerous you know mm. uh, it becomes a sort of threat you know if they're flying out to find them what does that mean yeah um so they've clarified on twitter that they're only doing it for for fun and they just want to have a talk with him or interview him and whatnot but we'll have to see what happens yeah i imagine because there's a lot of people who've lost a lot of money because of his actions and it's and it's also it's not just losing money in a market you know yeah. you're taking that kind of risk it's um it's it's the lies and stuff it's not you know he, the company didn't present what it was doing um exactly. honestly and an exchange if you are you know trusting the exchange to hold your funds they're not allowed to use your funds for trading and making risky bets mm. which is what ftx seems to have done here um but yeah we'll have to wait and see what happens so i've got so maybe we can go on to sort of talk about central exchanges in general um and what people should think about if they're using them but also i got a couple two two other questions specifically to do this one was did you see the leaked messages that he, that Sam had exchanged with a, a I think it was a journalist. Maybe yeah, he, he claimed it was a friend, but then uh, she turned out to be a journalist. Yeah, and he, he he was under the impression that those won't get you know uh, posted online. He thought mm. it was just a private conversation, but she essentially posted those online. Uh, were you talking about how he was pretending to be sort of uh, altruistic and yeah, he was he, in those messages. He quite specifically said that like it was a pr stunt to basically pretend he, he cared about yeah i mean he uh, <laughs> i saw somewhere where he said he deliberately didn't cut his hair and tried to look 
like a like a nerd in a way because that would help him raise more money mm. uh, doing the, you know, doing the vitalis consider him to yeah. be one of those you know oh he's just gonna just write some code on his on his computer mm. and you know make sure well, it, it worked it works really, right. yeah it? and essentially it works it just goes to show that you know these companies who do a lot of due, um, due diligence they don't not actually doing it mm. and perhaps they're just basing their decisions on i don't know first in first interactions i guess or just general i don't know maybe it's not as deep as we we think it is well, i, I think, uh, yeah. there was this recently there was this uh post online that showed I think one client lost over $280 million, a single client. Wow. So there's definitely a lot of people looking for him and they d definitely want answers. Yeah. But we'll have to see, you know, it's, it's, it's a developing situation. I think in terms of like, from what I've read about sort of venture capitalism and getting funding for companies, if you, if a venture capitalist thinks you have an idea and you're, if you're already somebody that's run startups before and things like that and proven yourself, they can invest heavily in you just if you've got an idea. I mean, I don't think Sam Bankman-Fried had done anything before this, but if investors were caught up in the hype and, you know, the and other people yeah. investing, they see all these other companies investing, then maybe their sort of due diligence uh, stuff is a bit more lax. And also, like, this whole, this whole, maybe we can talk about this now, is that the whole space is has been a grey area of regulation this whole time. Yeah. They're not, they're not regulated like a, like a stocks exchange, for example. Yeah. So his explanation was that there was a trade that he didn't realize how much uh, leverage was on it. So he essentially miscalculated the leverage and that caused them to get liquidated, which meant that they didn't have enough funds. But no one's really buying that. Mm. And I think he's going to continue arguing that that's what happened. But I think everyone's convinced that, you know, he just used customer funds to bail it all out, all, all of these other companies out, uh, hoping to make the money back and so, pay so everything one, back. One, he's saying one trade. Yeah, he said yeah, uh, one trade went wrong, but there was a lot of money on that trade and there mm -hmm. was more leverage than he um, was under the impression of. That's his excuse at the moment, but I don't think anyone's mm -hmm. buying that. And he could ultimately end up in, in legal trouble for this, I guess. Yeah, definitely. There's there's an ongoing investigation right now. A lot of people think he's going to serve uh, many years behind bars, but there's also a group of people who think because he's continuing to tweet freely and live seemingly freely in the Bahamas right now, that he's, you know, kind of going to get away yeah. with it, you know? And so, uh, uh, in response to this, other ex other exchanges, Kraken, Kraken, Binance, Coinbase, they started releasing like proof of reserves. Proof of reserves. Stuff, yeah, which is so. Which is, uh, yeah, can you yeah? Could you just explain what that is and then maybe? Yeah, so proof of reserves because the blockchain is essentially a public ledger and anyone can verify what assets are held where. Uh, these exchanges, they are in control of hundreds of different uh, wallets. And they've essentially released these uh, this information out to the public, so they can uh, every user can check to see whether the funds that they hold on their account is actually held by the exchange and not been lent out or um, used elsewhere. Yeah. And a lot of these exchanges have started doing that, including like the ones you mentioned, Binance, Kraken, and uh, Crypto.com, and a bunch of others. Yeah, to show they've basically got the reserves. 
Um, I've seen a few people kind of questioning some of the proof of reserve stuff. Is any of that? It seemed like Kraken has been the most transparent exchange. And yeah, I, I think, think they've had proof of reserves uh, from years ago, if right. I'm not mistaken. So they're kind of leading the way. Um, but yeah, the Kraken CEO, he's questioned the whole idea of proof of reserves, to, um, wondering whether it's actually a good way to prove what reserves mm. you have. Because if, even if it's on chain, who knows whether you've lent it out um, to other parties or whether you're, you're essentially using it as collateral for a trade off chain, you know, uh, it yeah. remains to be seen whether where we go, but I guess it's a step in the right direction with this. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he said like your, your kind of assets don't mean anything. Your proof of reserves don't mean anything unless we know your liabilities. Exactly. Yeah. I, but also I think a lot of people are kind of gunning for Binance as well now, just cause I think, I don't know, they want things to fail and th that would be the biggest kind of, yeah, I mean, people have always um, had it in for Binance, it seems. I think, especially these um, competitors in a way, because Binance, uh, as far as I can tell, has over 90% or maybe even more uh, market share. If right, you look right. at the uh, percentage of volume that Binance sees, none of the other exchanges come even close. Um, but I would highly doubt if Binance is actually you know, lending out funds because they're making maybe nine figures a day eight high high eight figures mm. a day um just off trading fees you know so even if if there is a hole then they would likely make up for the hole from their revenue mm. you know in, in a matter of weeks they've also been able to operate internationally like they've been able to operate here in the uk and stuff and there was a period of time i remember where they were so I don't know if they're regulated officially, but they were having loads of meetings with regulators to be able to do that. So they, they're actively yeah. in talks with regulators around the world. I know they get trying to get as many licenses um, as possible. I think they recently got one for Dubai, uh, Cyprus, and a number of other countries as well. Hmm. So yeah. So what are your current feelings about the different centralized crypto exchanges? And then maybe we can talk quickly about you know guidelines and advice for how people could spread their money out across yeah i think it's a, it's a good question i think one of the first things when we first started this service was that try not to hold you know significant funds on exchanges even if it is binance mm -hmm. you know um always consider putting your funds if it is significant to you in a private wallet that way if the exchange goes bankrupt or if it gets hacked then you're protected you know um Generally speaking, exchanges nowadays have better security than many years ago. Binance is number one for a reason. They have industry grade, um, industry leading um, security on that exchange. But again, if it is significant, you should always hold your funds in a private wallet. But then you're, I think, I guess the trade off there is, has always been, you know, it was very simple to, it was more simple to open an account with a with a, an exchange like Binance or Coinbase, because it's like opening an account with anywhere else, really. Um, mm -hmm. When you get into the world of managing your own crypto funds, you have to learn to do some new things. Um, See, that's, that's exactly it. So there's this trade-off. So if you hold funds on an exchange and it gets hacked, there is a possibility that you could get your funds back, uh, back through insurance funds if they have it i know binance has one 
Mm. Um, I believe Coinbase has one as well. If you, but there is no guarantee, you know. But if you hold your funds on a on a private wallet, then it's uh, if you look after it, it's very difficult for a hacker to get access to that. You know, um, it is a trade off. And again, if you keep, do you keep your funds on an exchange, it's more convenient when you want to trade, or it's easier to sell when something goes wrong. For example, if you want to buy the dip, if mm. you have funds actively ready on the exchange, you're better able to do that as opposed to if you kept it in a private wallet, you would have to send it from your private wallet to an exchange, wait for it to uh, yeah. be confirmed before you can actually use the funds. Yeah. So yeah, it's a decision people have to make whether they you just under. But I think you if you understand the risks you know of the different ways of holding crypto then you can make those uh decisions exactly um, yeah and then not be too shocked if if the worst happens hopefully exactly and you know uh, i would recommend uh the the hardware wallets that i use myself are ledger and trezor and then you have software wallets such as metamask trust wallet um coinbase wallet these are all uh, very good yeah, we've seen a few people in the in the crypto with cash uh, community kind of move across to um, to hardware wallets after this. Yeah, um, and it it can be a bit daunting at first, but but there's a lot of guides and information out there now that to basically help anyone that's making that transition. Yeah, exactly. And of course, if you're part of the community, just send over a message. Yeah, and we'll help you straight away. Um, I just wanted to talk about one of the th- kind of aspect of this, and that's. Um, a token like FTT dropping, you know, not, I don't know, 99, 98% of its value. Um, and it made me think, I mean, that's shocking. And I can't remember if it's it was in the crypto with cash portfolio or not. But it made me think about odds and betting in relation to crypto. Like with crypto, we basically, well, maybe you can put this better, but in my mind, it's always like, you're buying a, you're making a portfolio of um, coins. Some are big ones like Bitcoin and Ethereum to sort of the blue chips of your portfolio. And yeah. then you're making kind of essentially high risk bets on loads of smaller coins. And some of them will go to zero. Some of them will disappear. And then hope, and you're kind of hoping some of them will not, you know, you're doing the research to kind of hope that some of them will 10x or, or, or great. Yeah. So it's interesting you mentioned that because I think it goes back to decentralization, uh, sorry, not diversification. Uh, so what we've been doing is there are different exchange tokens out there, centralized exchange tokens, and we're not just putting all our money in one. We're diversifying. Mm. Uh, there's also uh, decentralized exchanges. So again, we're not putting all our uh, funds in one decentralized exchange. There's um, a couple that we have in our portfolio because again, if one it get, it gets hacked, I mean, there's been decentralized exchanges getting hacked before DeFi protocols getting hacked. Um, Ronin, for example, was hacked for $600 million. And, um, you know, that's why it's good to diversify because if that happens to uh, a project that you've put all your money in, then you're, you know, essentially at zero. Mm. Whereas if you diversify and something like that happens, then yes, you get a hit. There is a certain percentage that you lose but you have the rest of your stake elsewhere yeah i think it's it seems like an obvious point but when i read sort of uh so you know crypto social media a lot of people aren't diversified they maybe got some bitcoin or whatever and then they've and then they've gone all in on like dogecoin or or some like one or yeah, two you do hear coins. stories like that 
yeah and it's not that's not being diversified it's been aware of i guess the different like you say the different kind of crypto sectors like okay we've got decentralized exchanges yeah. we've got you know all, yield aggregating uh cryptos all kinds of stuff um, and that's the thing uh you, you've really got to be careful no matter how confident you are in the project no matter how well it's doing like ftx the reason it's caught so many people out is because it was second third fourth uh just after binance in terms of trading volume mm. uh, nearly everyone had exposure to it in some way uh, and even if they didn't have exposure to it directly many of the other parties uh, or platforms that they were using they had exposure to ftx because again they're trying to diversify at the same time mm. um they're not all using binance because if binance goes down then they essentially have nothing left um so that's why it's Diversi uh, diversification is definitely important and i think this is a great lesson uh, going forward yeah i wonder part of me wonders if in the next bull market the idea of uh, decentralization cryptos you know dif there's different ways to measure the decentralization of a cryptocurrency and whether that will play a more important part um in in people's investing decision you know like yeah how much control does do the people that have made this token have over the token, the ecosystem, et cetera? Or is that spread out, you know, around the world, around users, et cetera? Like, or, you know, yeah, will people learn from this, I guess? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a, a message you want to put out into the crypto space for anyone, Cash? A message is, um, I think it's an important one that I've mentioned before. It's the fact that you know, when the markets are down, everyone kind of forgets about it and they go on and find something else to occupy their minds with. But I feel like if you look back at the history of crypto, the best times to actually be accumulating and dollar cost averaging is when everyone's forgotten about it and found the mm. new shiny thing. Right now, the prices are lower and yes, they could go lower, but they represent a much better, you know, entry than when it was $69,000, for example, for Bitcoin, yeah. or when Ethereum was nearly $5,000. So yes, it could go lower, but a lot of people believe that the worst is over. And now is a good time to start accumulating in dollar cost averaging, which is uh, also actually a lot of these uh, exchange owners and other prominent traders have started doing. Right, okay. Have they, they've started doing that recently, have they? Just recently, yeah, after this FTX lab, because essentially a lot of people capitulated um the, the one of the worst things that you can imagine has already happened and mm. those who would have who, who wanted to sell have already sold uh, yeah the pr prices have been relatively stable in yeah. in relation to what's happened over the you know with with ftx crashing. yeah um so there we have it yeah because if you buy even if you think if i buy bitcoin now and then it drops if you're dollar cost averaging which is putting in a little bit um say every month or whatever then you're you're going to benefit from that lower price yeah um, exactly but then you're again you're investing in cryptos that you believe have long-term potential that you've done the research on. exactly yeah okay all right well thank you very much for your time today cash thank you very much for having me duncan that's all right um hopefully next time we speak something we'll maybe have a positive crypto story <laughs> Although I guess prices being depressed and being able to buy in cheap is uh, is pretty positive. Yeah, nice. I like that. Okay. All right. Well, and thank you everybody for listening. If you had any questions or any topics you'd like us to discuss, you can 
um, drop us an email or drop us a comment on YouTube. Um, we appreciate it if you like and subscribe. I think it's just basically me liking the videos. <laughs> Um, but we always appreciate that and uh, thank you again for listening and thank you for your time today Cash and we will sign off thank you, take care, like, comment and subscribe yeah, that's it, you said it much more uh, succinctly than I did <laughs>